Uh, it's always a compliment when people go, wow, you're completely different from the character. I'm saying, yes, that was acting. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I did my job. That's I, my job. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Um, but I... Hi, I'm Karima, a.k.a. The Blurred Girl, and uh, that is Angelique. Hi. And we are, like, super, super, super excited. We're also very tired. Drove down here from Brooklyn in traffic. We got caught in block parties from hell. And then... If y'all don't know, in New York, everybody takes turns on block parties, but we're in Bed-Stuy, which means that everybody decided to do their block party both late and on the same weekend. Right. So therefore, in avoiding a block party, she drove into two other block parties. Right. It and took it, her 30 it, minutes it, to it pick me up. It turned into Mario Kart just to get up the street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we, we are bantering. But uh, we are the Radical Geeks. Yep. Uh, thank you uh, for, you know, having a car. That's great, because most people in New York don't have one. Uh, and we're up here. I'm we also a... broke, but that's a different story. Woo. Um, <laughs> but everybody in New York is broke. That's, that's not anything unusual. Uh, we have a guest up here with us. We do. She's a very special guest. Yes, very, very I, special. I mean, I would call her a goddess. Yes, that's because she plays one on TV. Um, for those of you who have watched American Gods, you would know her as Bilquis. If you have been watching This Is Us, you would know her as Chi-Chi. If you've been listening to Nettie Corfor's books, Akata mm. Witch and Akata Warrior, you would have heard her voice on the audiobook. Such a sultry voice. Yes, and she's also the creator of the film Hollywoodland. I am talking about writer, director, producer, actress, and goddess, Yatide Padaki. <laughs> Thank you all so much for having me. And this is, I'm like a kid in a candy store right now with all these comic books around, all these graphic novels, and people that seem as excited about all this as I am. Yes, so. Y'all don't understand how much of a geek she is. Y'all don't understand. <laughs> right now, but they'll find out very yes, soon. Yes, they will. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, yo, so you, you are a geek. Yes. You're a radical um, geek. I, I, I guess so. I'm um, also a, just a straight-up geek. You know uh, what? That's, all you, that's the criteria right there. <laughs> Love the thing, do well, the thing. Well, you miss the shoes. I'm wearing now my... These shoes are amazing. These shoes so are fire. Oh, yeah, for yeah, those of you in the shoes, back. Shoes, yeah. Uh, we'll let you get a cut in later on if we can't get them. On this side, I'm like trying to pull my leg up. Yeah, got on the outside. Bill Quist. And on this side, we Everyone's have... Everyone's favorite side. goddess of the weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, storms. Yeah, I apparently am not as flexible as I thought I was, but <laughs> this is how much of a geek I am. I wear my love on my feet as well. I mean, why not wear goddess on your feet? Why not? What? Why not? So how I'll did... How did everyone has an origin story. Mm -hmm. uh, how does your origin story start... Not just on this understanding, because you are an, an amazing creative. You have done this incredible work on screen, uh, writer, but you are so passionate about it. Um, that only comes from being a true fan. So where does this all begin? And it all starts with stories by the fire. Um, most of you know I was born in Nigeria, and I remember when... Sometimes whenever the light would go out, the elders would just start telling stories by the fire in, in the backyard. And I remember just being so transported and so blown away by the magic of that and knowing that I wanted to do that. As a child, you don't know what that means, 
but I wanted to do that. And it was actually the moment that I went up to do my first audition um, for Peter Pan, obviously, as you do. I think we were just talking about Tinkerbell. Yeah. Well, I mean, does everyone auditions for Peter Pan, right? Well, right? Great. Cool. (laughs) But, um, you know, I was maybe six or seven. I can't remember exactly, but I got up there, and then I went, ah, this is that. And from that moment, I was hooked. And, you know... The, the geekdom started early with this one. Uh, <laughs> the, the geekdom is strong with this one. <laughs> so many, so many midichlorians with this one. Oh, that was a pun I did like. Oh. Good job. I'm trying. See, Angelique has never met a pun she didn't like. No. So there were many. I'm going to apologize ahead of time. So sorry. <laughs> the more you make, the happier I get. So, so where did geek? Where did your geek? Like, if you could pick. Mm-hmm. And don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Okay. If you could pick your first fandom, what would it have been? Oh, bless, but that's so hard, right? They're, they're all my babies. Okay, that sounded odd. But, <laughs> but I, it, it was anything that was able to transport in that way, right? And so very early on, I was loving um, mythology from all areas. So there is then the, the African deities that we knew. Then there was North mytho- mythology. And then when I found you know, Greek works, I was like, okay, this is a whole other level. But then with television, um, there were things such as Quantum Leap. <gasps> so oh. here's, the, here's the thing. I want y'all also yeah, look on your phone and figure out when Quantum Leap came out. Hey, man, don't real- age those of us who watched it No, regularly. but I just want to say that she remembers Quantum Leap, and this is what I'm talking about, the Doctor Who reference. What? She is a time lord. <laughs> Because she looks like she's 23. Well, <laughs> well let's go with that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good one. That's a good number. In fact, that. the average age of this couch is 23. Yes, I said it. <laughs> Shut up. I said it. <laughs> huh? <laughs> so you were saying about quantum leap. <laughs> right, right, quantum leap. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, okay. I went with that one. But see? Yeah, see, that went far. I was almost deep. there, but you took it like that one yeah, step was. up. Yeah, Like the, the mean average is math. That's okay. I have a law degree. I'm I don't claim it. I don't, I don't I'm do I'm just math. seeing that beautiful mind, you know, gif, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, we're, we're all trying to do the math of how I'm, that means. I'm, I'm the gif with Winona Ryder, like... <laughs> <laughs> but yes. so quantum leap quantum leap um yeah. you know I, I just i loved the journeys he went on every week and I, so many characters he played so many it's also the last great thing he ever did oh no Damn. he did he did lots of lovely things and sure one of my favorite everyone knows favorite what i meant actors. yes last time he had one good my- hair Anyways, oh. Quantum Leap. I um, did not go for... That was just a low. You went for that man's hairline. You snatched it. Um, <laughs> no. I, and I should say, he's also one of the best, one of the most wonderful, kind actors I've ever met. Uh, you know, if we go back in origin story, when I was still doing my guest stars, you know, trying to... Struggling and trying to get, you know... Uh, more than one or two days on set on anything. I did NCIS New Orleans. Let's oh, go, Bakula, yes. really? Yeah, it was wow. a thing. And Scott Bakula, I remember 
how impressed I was by him as, just as an individual. He knew everybody's name who came on that set that day. He was going up to everyone, thanking them for being on set. I, I mean, you know the number of people that are on a set, and every single day, I don't know how this man do, you know, does that. Um, and on top of that, trying to find ways to involve people more, and in every scene, he gave all of himself to everybody, and was so available. So I have a special place in my heart for Scott Bakula. You're also changing hearts and minds right now. <laughs> changing exactly. hearts and minds, but, but you know what? Not hairlines. Anyway. Oh, wow, <laughs> you just stuck with it. I'm proud of oh, you. I'm, I'm, um, I'm going with that one. You are also a Whovian. Yes, Whovian. And, well, we also can't forget Star Trek Next Generation because... I mean, <laughs> okay. But do we have to skip yeah. the OG Star Trek? Why does everybody skip well, OG? Well, no. I don't know. I'm not against OG. Not against it. Voyager, though, we can let go. Hello. Wow. <laughs> Y'all can at the Blurred Girl wow. on Twitter. And yeah. Instagram, because I don't get into conversations about Voyager <laughs> or mean, Deep Space Nine. No, Deep Space Nine was everything. I would not like my edges and to not, be snapped. No, let me Deep, tell Deep, you. Deep Space Nine was everything. Yeah, because when Q showed up, he left quickly. Why? Oh, no. Oh, wow. I respect it. I get it. But I don't get into conversations about it. No. And Voyager, what I loved about it is a lot of times going back and watching, you find it passes the Bechdel test, which not many things at that, that time true. were doing. That is true. So, I mean, you, you know, we, we, we got to... We, we got to give them, them props for what they have helped usher forward. So, uh, yeah, but I only skipped OG because, you know, even with how with Doctor Who, you end up having an entry point, and that becomes your favorite. That was your entry point. And that was my entry point, Next Generation. I, now I went back and went to OG and, you know, very much enjoyed that, but always will have a special place in my heart for Next Generation. I respect that. Yeah. I respect yeah. that. So I have to ask about this because I, I didn't get a chance to ask you about it the last time we talked. Yeah. Um, Call of Duty. <laughs> yes. So you were one of the voices of Call of Duty. Yes, I was. Which one? Which, well, which version? I mean, it's kind of easy to spot because they ended up naming the character after me. So it's Abele Yetire. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's also funny enough where I met Omid Abtahi, who plays Salim on American Gods. Um, we got to do this thing together. It was, it's the closest thing I can describe. It's like being a little kid again, right? Where you're like, the floor is hot lava, and everybody jumps, and everybody believes in that moment because you're just in this big square room that's taped around, and you're just playing make-believe together. Oh, that's awesome. Um, wow. I think the most fun is you know, playing a ship crash, and everyone's doing the... The Star Trek thing? <laughs> the Star Trek, move to right, move to left, move forward. Um, <laughs> it's really funny to see in real time, but it translates really well um, in, in the games. That's awesome. Now, I, have you done more games than that? You know what? No, that was, that's the well, only we, one I've done. Wait, I that. should say so far. <laughs> we, need to fix, we need to fix that. So how long was it between doing Call of Duty and meeting... Well, his real name isn't Salim, I'm sorry. Yeah, Omid. Omid. Then you found out you both were on American Gods. It was months after that okay. that we found out we were both on the show, which was one of the most random... But that's random... kind of how it works, right? Like, you, you go in, you do a thing, you audition for another thing, you get told, and then everyone shows up, and you're like, oh... Hey! <laughs> well, this seemed to come out the blue because it was the very first time we'd ever met was on Call of Duty. Yeah. And that kind of thing where you say, hey, you know, so see you next time, you know, like summer yeah. camp. Um, 
But it was literally months later, he sent an email. He went, I saw your name on American Gods, oh, and wow. I'm joining as well. And it was a, if you know Omid, he's one of the sweetest, sweetest human beings. So it's always a joy to get to share the space and time with him. Space and time, that got very... There you go. Yeah, okay, you, you, very you brought, Doctor Who. I feel like you brought Lord. it all the way back. Yeah. Uh, but we, and we were also kind of talking back to this idea, kind of hearkening back to your first answer, which is this concept of storytelling mm-hmm. and your passion for storytelling and also how you uh, became a geek about gods and mythology. And now you were literally playing a piece of m- mythology on screen in such a beautiful, glorious way. And we were talking about how, in watching it, it almost looks like your character is made from the earth and clay in such a mm, gorgeous I love the way. way you say that. Yeah. Um, that clearly they're doing something right behind scenes. And I, I hear that you've had a lot of input. There's been a lot of collaboration in how this character has been portrayed. Right. Um, and it's usually done through the storytelling. Um, you know, we have this great source work from Neil Gaiman. I, I mean, what a right? <laughs> what a joy that is. Um, and it's just right for interpretation and so rich. Um, and I, I feel there's this kind of circuit that happens between the words that are written and then when you speak them and then the way they're taken in and then the new words that are written. Um, you see the evolution that happens from the collaboration in performance as well. So it's not always sitting down and saying, okay, this is how we're gonna map it out uh, with you know the other individuals. It's okay, I'm taking in this beautiful gift that they're giving. It's being filtered through the work, the research, um, the love, the passion, um, the graphs. Sorry, I'm a geek, so whenever I'm working, graphs are involved as well. Uh, <laughs> She's a goddess with a Gantt chart. I'm, 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 oh, I can feel this. Well done. Well done. Thank you. She's happy I know what a Gantt chart is. You know what? Uh, <laughs> but also I think it's so amazing because the, the, the role is also so immensely empowering. Mm. And this idea of um, manifestation, this idea of autonomy, this mm. idea of embracing sexuality, mm. and it's so gracefully gracefully done on screen. But also, it, we've all seen it, where we look at a character and we're like, what are they doing <laughs> with this black woman on this screen? This is not, mm-mm. And so there's a lot, there's a lot of accountability that I think has been it's given. been yeah. done really well. Yeah. It's been re- uh, it's been such a gift to be able to be a part of something where people do understand the importance um, and do treat the subject matter with absolute respect. Um, and it's it's fascinating for me as well. I mean, as you can see, as I'm sitting here, I try and tell people I'm a dork. People don't seem to believe me, you know, until you hear me talk that, for five minutes. That's because, that. that's because you literally killed people with your vagina. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. But that, don't that, we all? That did catch no. me off guard at first. Uh, I did have to watch <laughs> Thousands of people. I really had to go back and rewind it and watch the scene again. I was like, did she just swallow a man with her Several. Vagina? Several. Oh, no, it's, you know, it... 
Gender does not matter. Anyone. Nope. All right. Nope. Well, um, that was what was so fascinating to me. I mean, yeah, that that's so one word. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for you, how yeah. does it feel to be like, what does this role mean? Because I, I know what it means for me. Right. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of other folks have like embraced it. Yeah. But for you, like, what has it meant to be able to play this role? Getting to play with even what we have previously spoken to, it's not something that you see every day, um, to put plainly, but it also, in that, started a conversation. I think a conversation that very much needed to be had. A conversation about autonomy, agency, empowerment. The ways in which sexuality has often been cut off for women, mm. uh, in, in the ways in which women have often been vilified for it. Um, and exploited. And exploited for it. Yeah. And it was interesting because it was turning the tables and that was all hers. Yeah. Um, that was a moment of absolute power and absolute ownership. Um, so for me, that was, that was the joy of that. Um, and those conversations that continued after, because a lot of times people don't want to talk about, they don't want to talk about sex in that way. And something that was portrayed so, so intelligently, I yeah. have to say, because the, the many levels and the many layers that went into that, we could spend a whole day talking about it. Well, you could easily slip into the male gaze. Like exactly. you could easily have slipped into the male gaze in these scenes, which turned it from being something where it was at some point in time a celebration, uh, a source of protection, a source of worship that's now become something that clearly the character has to utilize to literally survive in that way and it could have just gone horribly wrong mm -hmm. and and slipped into the male gaze that would have cheapened the moment but it really didn't right that that was absolutely it it was all hers in I, that moment and i also think that that uh, coming into season two that is also something that we see a lot of it's it's people were like oh boquist switched sides i'm like Oh, you thought she was on somebody's side. Oh. She, she's like, I she's am older than own, all right. of she's you. She's like, right. right. As you I spoke. ain't here for this. Well, that's right. one of my favorite lines. You know, I was old in the desert before they sacrificed the first horse to you. Mm. That that gave me shivers, even reading it. She was saying that. She was saying that to Kali. Who she was saying that to? Mr. To Mr. Wednesday. To Mr. Wednesday. Yeah, which was like, also glorious. Which was awesome. Like, cause it's you, Odin. You got to say that. See, that's yeah. the thing that I love about it. It's because a lot. A lot of times we've seen where characters that we've read in comic books or books or graphic novels, those lines have been ripped from them mm. and their characters have been neutered. Mm -hmm. And in this, when, when, when Bill Quist, I was like, <laughs> but she right though, <laughs> but she right. But, but it was a point where the character actually got to have that nucleus that it should have had right. in that scene, in that place at that time. And it was, yeah. Well, I mean, you forget that she is ancient. I think uh, we haven't even be begun to scratch the surface of how old she is. I, I was mentioning to you earlier, I always assumed she was 
you would find traces of her with Lucy in the cradle of humanity. I, I mean, this is an old, old, and when you speak to that as well, I'm currently, you're gonna have to forgive me, but I'm geeking out on this book um, that Chick Egley, uh, our new showrunner actually gave me, uh, called When God Was a Woman. Mm. And it's explored. Sold. <laughs> Sold, right? I'm just saying. We will make sure we send out Arielle, the link on our Twitter right? later this evening. <laughs> I'm just, okay. Yeah, yeah. But exploring, um, the, the deeper you dig into history, the more you find evidence of people looking to women um, as, as creators, as, you know, as, as those all-knowing beings, as... Um, the source. Yeah. Um, and it was over time um, and over often done very violently um, that these ideas began to be stripped away yeah. and uh, ripped away. Like that scene in Tehran was amazing. That's indicative of it, of it exactly. Well, and I, I studied Farsi for a while, and a lot of people forget that when in Iran, there was a disco. People did wear pillbox hats and long dresses, and there was a culture that was a lot more westernized before that celebrated women, and women had a much different place in Iran than right. they, they do had now. they more liberated... Uh, yeah, um, I mean, nothing's perfect, but, <laughs> you know, it's very interesting to see how that violence was also displayed. Right, um, and so... Again, with our show, we get to explore those moments. And it's not so far off um, with things that you see today. Um, the, the more I feel we're cut off from having a say in our bodies and in our agency, um, the less liberated we all are as individuals. And, and so that, for me, it's the excitement of Thilquis, is her pointing to these ideas, these thoughts, um, and doing it through, you know, yes, the fantasy lens, but saying maybe this is something we should look at. And every scene that she's in also just reminded me, because she's always the one that knows what's going on. And it was like, she was the personification of like, just listen to black women. Please, just every time, just listen to what she's saying. <laughs> but you talked about, a lot about creating, and I want to talk about some stuff that you've created. Um, your film, Hollywoodland. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. I remember the Kickstarter, but a, a lot of people here might not realize that you wrote, directed, produced. Well, you, I you actually sort of did not direct yeah, that. This one, time. Uh, yeah, this was directed <laughs> by uh, Jessica Sharif because we did this. We shot this all in the time when we were shooting season two of American Gods, and when I was shooting This Is Us. So my brain was pretty much dead <laughs> at wow. that point. Um, but it was something I had written. Uh, speaking to the, the subjects we're, we're talking about, where. You know, I'd look at certain situations and say, that's just absurd. <laughs> the idea that two people may be doing the same amount of work and one person is getting more just based on gender, okay. purely. Um, we can say it's absurd, but until somebody points it out, it's taken as the norm. Um, and so within Hollywoodland, I, which is the official title now, um, I started to kind of put on paper the, this, this idea of these observed moments that we live through that we've kind of, we kind of take 
for granted until somebody says, wait a minute. <laughs> the, the sky is not purple. Right. Um, and it started to take out resemblance to Wonderland. And I started to find that these characters started to speak um, as the caterpillar and as the hatter um, and as the rabbit. And so that's how Hollywood Land was born. Um, and yes, directed by Jessica Sharif, who's incredible, and also produced by her and Karen David, who's in Fear the Walking Dead at the moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like you it's like called all the girls and was like, we're making a film. We're making a film. That's, that's awesome. That's what we did. When is it coming out? Can, do we know yet? Or? Well, right now we have the trailer. Okay. Um, and we're trying to figure out where we want to put the exclusive with that. Um, and then we are in the final moments of post going through music with Patrick Stump, who's been incredible. Um, and I know he's going back out with Fallout Boy as well. So yes, we are in post right now and working on the exclusive for the trailer. I think this is a perfect segue into our next question. You, you clearly love a challenge. <laughs> um, you, you suffer no fools. <laughs> and, you, and you have done some incredible work like, what scares you? Uh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, again, I will say it again because I haven't said it a billion times, but I am a dork. Uh, at, the, at the end of it, I mean, you see me. It's always a compliment when people go, wow, you're completely different from the character. I'm saying, yes, that was acting. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did my job. That's I, my job. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Um, but I, I also, I'm fascinated by a lot of things. And when someone says that can't be done, that immediately has me kind of squirming in my seat saying, but why? <laughs> why can't it be done? Could we try it? Um, and all through it, I'll be terrified. Um, I, you also know I'm very afraid of snakes, if you've seen any of the videos of Ricky and them trying to get me to hold one. But that's just, I'm going to say just, it's a Nigerian thing. That was just thing. mean. That was just mean. <laughs> I don't, why, why would anyone do that? It, you know, pe people like, to, I, hey, I'm not mad at it. I'm just personally a little afraid of the snakes. They're lovely. They're beautiful. I enjoy them. From uh, a distance. <laughs> at a distance. As long as they're over there. I, I love them from a distance. That's a, that's a thing. But it seems that you like working on things that scare you. Why? I do, because there's always this thing of, I, I love the idea of us pushing and trying new things. Sometimes, yes, it might fail. Or, well, actually, I don't think I ever really see things as, as failure. It's, it's another step, right? Often the times, those are sometimes some of the most enjoyable moments. You see me, I'm, I'm geeking out about this, where you're filming something and people have an idea of how it's supposed to be filmed and then something happens that's kind of what people would say is a mistake, but then you look, watch it back and there's something just fascinating about it. Um, I like pushing the boundaries. I like, I like seeing how much further we can go. Um, I, I think there's a lot further we can go with a lot of things, even as we can tell in storytelling, the, um, a lot of the stories that we've been told ourselves about who can be involved with storytelling um, are... And who gets to tell the and story. And who gets to mm -hmm. tell the stories. That's a boundary I want to push. I'm terrified while I do it. Um, but I, I think... I. I like to adventure. Um, I like the unknown. Um, 
I like to explore. I, I, I mean, I guess that's my explorer spirit in there is jumping into those things that scare me and, and seeing where the growth can happen within that. What's the biggest, scariest thing that you would like to do right now? Without snakes. <laughs> Please no snakes, because I don't like snakes either. They just, they're beautiful. Over I can handle there. snakes. I just can't handle spiders, which I know doesn't make any sense. But the biggest, scariest thing? Well, it's not so much that it's scary, but it, I know that there's a challenge to get to it. But I do want to play Storm. I think we all know that. <laughs> I don't think no one here is a. Okay, so nobody, if Marvel is listening, nobody here has a problem with E.T. Day, Pataki playing Storm. Because we actually haven't had a Storm yet. So I would be really, really excited. We've, no, we've had, we've had wonderful, wonderful individuals along the, we have had wonderful people. Um, but yes, that would be a, a fun <laughs> This is a what I do journey. when I am getting plausibly <laughs> no, but denied I, no, but honestly, ability. But honestly, though, honestly though there have been a lot of people online that have been very much voting. Like, people have been there's kind. people that tag me all the time like, oh, you're going to interview T-Day? Ask her if she wants to play Storm. I'm like, that's like asking if water is wet. Of course she wants to play Storm. <laughs> I like the way you put it because that, that, that's uh, absolutely it. But that, and I'm also, I'd like to direct an episode of the show. Oh. Um, Speaking into existence. Se se several, yes. <laughs> you all are the best. I should come here every time I'm trying to do something. But I, I actually think that's pretty amazing. I've known a number of actors that I've sat down with, particularly women, who have mm -hmm. said, I want to direct, and then they went and they did it. Mm. So it is, you do it. Okay. Well, okay. I believe you said that, that you've been shadowing a little bit yes. on, on the American Gods set, right? That was um, a wonderful gift they gave second season that I was able to shadow the directors whenever, you know, obviously I didn't have to be on the other side of the camera. Um, and yeah, I got to shadow most of the directors of season two. Uh, and, and yeah, in preparation, hopefully, for this, now that I've been told by the room, <laughs> directing the episode. Okay, so you're going to play Storm. It's going to be an all-female uh, production team. Um, oh <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, actually, you work really, you promote a lot online. And I've also seen you do this in real life. Like every event I see you at, you're like, oh, you should meet this person. You should talk to this person. I see you constantly connecting women in the business and, and even outside of it when it comes to philanthropy. What advice can you give all of us women to help other women in an industry that does not want that to happen? Hmm. We'll do it, <laughs> as, as you've been saying. Um, I think for the longest time, I was held back by thinking I needed other people to help me help other people, if that makes any sense. And so I was looking outside for, okay, what, what organization is doing this and what is doing that, which is all great. But then I started to realize everyday things like connecting a director with a writer or a producer or you know someone saying that they really want to um, look towards the executive field and and realizing oh wait um, all this socializing I guess I do is actually a positive thing I know this individual I started to realize that it's these little things can be done um, 
in the moment every day. It does not depend on um, others to make it happen. That change can start with you. I know that sounds a little Captain Planet. Um, <laughs> awesome reference. I mean, wait, are we talking about... Awesome reference. But wait, are we talking about Don Cheadle, Captain Planet? All of them. Okay, then All that's of fine. Them. Um, it, but I started to realize there were little things I could do every day. Um, and also to not allow allow other individuals' ideas and limitations stop me from helping the person next to me. Um, if there's, so, it, It's actually, I think, a, a lot easier than we think. I think we make it a bigger entity in all. But if someone, if there's one thing you can do for someone in that day, it might seem little to you, but it's something that I found ends up having quite a ripple effect. So just to shorten the whole thesis, <laughs> do it. <laughs> Boom. Well, I think, is this time for quick fire rounds? Oh, yeah. I think it's time yep. for quick fire round. Oh, no, is quick fire um, round like a pop quiz? Because I'm terrible at pop quizzes. No, you can you ask know. me my name oh, on no. a pop this, quiz. This is a I safe nerd you. space. I no, no. You. What you is the square root of 75? No, no, that is not what we're doing. If two uh, trains leave, that's not kidding. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Flashback to high school. Don't know, right? do it again. Right. Um, no, seriously. So we, we decided we were going to do a little bit of a quick fire round tonight. Okay. Uh, very easy questions. Uh, so if you were to say that you had a superpower, what would it be? Love. I mean, I know it's the uh, kind of, of the character it's I very play. fitting. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but it's funny as you start to realize that you do start to see through the eyes of the character that you, whose clothes you happen to be wearing at the moment. Um, or and, not wearing. Oh, well, and, well, whatever you're wearing in whichever way. Oh. oh. Um, she always had jewelry on, so she was kind of closed. <laughs> I really enjoy this entire conversation about what is naked. I could go into a whole thesis on that as well, but I won't because we, it's late and we I, have other things to talk about. But it's late, which is the exact reason why we <laughs> should. People are like, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we'll talk about this after the show's after over. After the show. Okay, okay. But um, I'm... I'm I used to think, people used to actually make me feel like, oh, you care so much, that's not a great thing. Kind of, you know, tone that down. Um, it, you, it, it makes it hard to move through the world. Then I started really leaning into it. Oh, I care so much, so I'm going to, you know, reach out to this person, or I care so much, and I'm going to put all of this passion into this project, or I'm gonna end up writing something about how much, and um, I started to realize that it was, what had seemed like a weakness was actually a superpower. Oh. I'm trying to think of one that, how do you beat love, man? <laughs> I don't, I, okay. If you could have any superpower, not love, <laughs> what would it be? Ooh, any superpower. Traveling through time for some reason. That's good. Yeah. Time Lord. Yeah. Lord, that's fine. This is on brand. It is. All of this is on brand. See, you can do this. Okay. This okay. is simple. If there is, I feel like we're on inside the actor's studio. What's your favorite curse word? No. Um, <laughs> what? Flying monkey poop. <laughs> um, if there is one thing, not that super power you give yourself, but if there's one thing that you could fix 
in the outside world. <laughs> you could just, with a snap of your fingers, just take it away, what would it be? That's very Thanos. <laughs> like I'm afraid of snapping. Not fifty percent okay. of the planet. You can take away fifty percent of the snakes. With great <laughs> power comes great responsibility. I'll leave the poor snakes. Um, oh, not take away, but yeah, I, th I think empathy. If if could something that everyone leaned into a lot more, uh, I think we could all have uh, a lot more fun in this Earth party we're having. And besides, besides Storm, is there another character that you would love to play? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I'm going through now my mental list oh my of all the characters. There was a long time that I had wanted to do Susanna Dean from The Dark Tower. But oh. then I started to actually think back on that and thought it was very ableist of me. Um, I would actually like to see someone who's you know, differently able play the role. Um, because it's such a striking character. So there are, me I mean, you can tell, Storm is on my mind right now. Um, and that's, that's the character that's kind of stuck. This is kind of off genre, but the character Nzinga, that warrior queen from 17th century. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, we have some Zinga fans. Okay, and that's actually something I'm trying to develop and create right now as a Ooh. feature. So, <laughs> I would love to play Take that money. role. Where is, the, where is the Kickstarter for that? All right, you'll, you'll be hearing more soon on that one. Ooh, ooh. I was gonna ask her what her playlists look like right now. Ooh. I always like knowing what people are listening to, particularly when they're prepping for a role. Ooh, okay, for, now for Bilquis, a lot of lemonade went into it. <laughs> so what you're saying is she's channeling Beyonce? Well, in moments, in moments, but also Yo-Yo Ma at moments. Um, there was also uh, Janelle Monet at moments. Um, there was Edith Piaf, uh, Judy Garland. It's an, uh, an, it was an eclectic playlist. Oh so what I'm gonna her. need is for you to put this as a public playlist <laughs> on Spotify. Right. So that we can all trying to learn more about what is going into these moods. Okay, okay. I mean, that's something I could do. But right now, also, the gift has been nonstop. Mm. Um, Lion King, the gift. There's a lot of Beyonce going on. I, I mean, see this. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't absolutely intentional, but yeah. I mean, that's on the she is Beyonce. Well, she is Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have we have to get you playing Storm. We have the also we have the Inzinga movie. We have the female cast. You have to direct. Beyonce's now doing the soundtrack. Um, <laughs> Beyonce, think, is this true? <laughs> right, basically. And every snake in the vicinity has to be killed. Okay. No, no, no. No, no, no. Leave the snakes. <laughs> no snakes were harmed in just the making removed. of this podcast. No, snakes are fine. I'm They're pretty fine. sure that it's pacifist. Okay. Yes. Then we won't kill them. They just need to be removed. Oh, they can stay where they are. I just keep over my there. distance. Yeah, over there. So over there. I have one more question, and then I'm going to stop asking the question, but I got to know, because you've talked about storytelling and yeah. with such a passion, such a love. If, you, if someone were to walk up to you and say, hey, <laughs> you're a storyteller. Wait, I'm sorry. That was all Spider-Man. I just Spider like the hey. That's hey. great. <laughs> hey. That was all right. Uncle Aaron. <laughs> okay. What is your definition of storytelling? It's world building. Simply world building. Um, many different people have different ways of doing it. Some do it through music. Some do it visually. 
some do it um, in other mediums that are not coming to mind at the moment. Um, but in all of these areas, uh, you're creating a world. And oftentimes the most incredible ones are, are the worlds that you want to inhabit forever. Um, and you, I think we've all experienced that moment, whether you're reading a book or watching a movie and you go, oh, it, end. it ended. Because you just want to continue to live in that world that has been built. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was dope. Thank you so yes. much.